Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Do you feel lucky, punk? It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A Medicare podcast that really rocks out. He attended three Beatles concerts full of screaming girls and lived to tell the tale. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is the podcast, as you might surmise, where we talk about Medicare. And uh, boy, are we going to talk about Medicare today. Thank you so much for joining us. We are very, very happy to see you. And uh, on this beautiful day in Arizona, it is uh, approaching Christmas. We're just a few days away from Christmas, and Randy and I are... um, just so excited. We've been talking today about the things that we would like to receive or like to find under the Christmas tree, mostly Randy, because he gets all excited about Western wear. He's a man who collects Western boots and he collects Western hats, not because he can't make a decision about what he likes and what he doesn't like. It's just because he can. So uh, that's been the nature of our discussion. And Randy doesn't know this. Uh, He's ignorant of the fact that before we started that discussion this morning, I was sawing logs. I, for some reason, slept in much later than I should have. And we have staff in the house here and the staff woke me up and said, hey, you better get your butt in gear, buddy, and do some work in there. And, uh, how, I don't know how you're going to pay for my Christmas presents if you don't do that. So, uh, I might not be as perky and fresh as I normally am at the outset of our recording, but I'm going to do my best today to do justice to Medicare. And how do I do justice to Medicare? Well, I point people at the book, the be all and end all the Bible of Medicare that will help everyone become a Medicare expert. It is called Medicare for the lazy man. 2023, did you notice the difference there? A new year, a new book is out at Amazon. It has orange lettering. Uh, the orange uh, year is on the cover is going to s- jump out at you. And uh, otherwise, the cover is identical. All I've done is change it from a green 2022 to an orange 2023. But it's on Amazon waiting for you to come get it. When you do go get it, you'll find right now that there are three editions. There's a a paperback edition, there's a Kindle edition, and then there is a hardcover edition that is new and improved. It is, for those of you who have thought about giving the book as a gift, and here's your opportunity to do it. I think there might still be time before Christmas. Uh, well, there won't. By the time we get this punish, uh, published, it will be uh, New Year's probably. But uh, the the hardcover book, which used to be seventeen dollars and had a black and white interior, that book is now. Uh, it's got a color interior, which jacked the price up. I didn't raise the price to make more profit. 
Amazon raised the price because I told them to make the illustrations colorful. But that hardcover book is now suitable, really suitable for gift giving. It is uh, uh, the kind of thing that when someone unwraps it in your presence, they'll they'll uh, burst into tears at your generosity, and uh, you'll be uh, forever in their hearts. So I would suggest consider buying the hardcover book as a gift. But if you're buying the book for yourself, I think the uh, paperback is going to be the perennial favorite. Anyway, what you're going to find is all the knowledge you need to deal with Medicare. And then uh, I've added a new chapter, a chapter called Introducing Your Insurance Agent. Because I think a lot of people were reading the book and not realizing that I could be their insurance agent no matter where they lived. And uh, so I wanted to make sure they understood here are the duties of an insurance agent and I could perform those duties for you and it's free of charge. I wanted to make sure everybody understood that too. So that's our Medicare um, plug for today. I want people to know about the new book, 2023. It's out there on the Amazon shelves. And there, there are some there with your name on them waiting for you to, uh, to call Amazon and tell them to send them your way. So Randy, how are things going today? Everything uh, hunky dory? Everything is hunky and dory. Oh, and beautiful. I just wanted to point out to you that I was looking at today's script uh-huh. and it looked, it looks like a tremendously chock full, interesting script information just hanging out everywhere kind of a gut buster uh i i'll give you that maybe ambitious too ambitious um i frankly when you call it a script and keep calling it a script that's just fine with me uh people probably think that every word that you and i say is scripted and i have to tell you that i've heard scripted podcasts before and they're very stilted this is uh all seat of the pants well let me t- let me give you an example of if it really was scripted uh-huh. what this what this would sound like hello doug hello. and what are you doing today i started my line too soon hello randy <laughs> yes you are looking well today uh thank you is that a you there it's it's only one letter how okay thank you randy and yes, same yes. to you Thank, thank you, Doug. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that would go on for hours. He had to look at his uh, script to see what his uh, next word was. I'm trying to think of a humorous thing. We were um, asked to do a birthday uh, video for Drew's brother, uh, Drew McMillan, my Canadian cousin, who does the intros for the show. And uh, his brother is turning 30 uh, on Christmas Day. That's because of the shitty Canadian uh, medical system. His mother had to undergo uh, induced labor on Christmas Day 30 years ago because the the local hospital didn't have a you know any scheduled time available for delivery of babies. So that's why he was always a Christmas baby. <clears throat> and so now Mary and I are trying to think of a humorous uh, little vignette to do on video for him for commemoration of his birthday. And I thought of one that was be very much like what you and I just did there. Uh, but I, I've got to make it look stupid too, because it's a video. It's going to be visual as well as auditory. So anyway, yeah, well, I don't have any trouble looking stupid. Do you, do you want me to participate? 
you are way too professional at looking stupid. We are <laughs> amateurs, so I couldn't afford you. I told expertise. I told a friend of mine last night we were having a video conference, and I said, "Hey Jim, you know that button in the you know in Zoom where it says touch up my appearance? Uh-huh. I, I I hit that the other day, Doug, and it said I can't help you. Just move <laughs> on, forget about it." Well, I'm going to be looking for that button now. I didn't know such a thing existed, but if it yeah, works. Yeah, there really is. There's a touch up my appearance button. <laughs> and the last time I hit it, it blacked out my entire face and said, there you go. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, I I definitely need some help, but I, I can't have it blacking out Mary's face because that's the only, uh, uh, that's the only part of the visual uh, thing that we're going to be doing that's worth looking at. So I don't want to make any mistakes with that. Okay. So you mentioned our script. And our word-for-word script is chock full of interesting stuff, according to Randy. And I don't want to be talking 45 minutes from now and having uh, people clicking off the volume knobs and pushing the end this stupid podcast button. So let me get going here on some of these things. First item I had on my list is from our buddy, Steve. And he asked, actually had a couple of things that he wanted to have uh, get off his mind. And so I'm going to start with the first one, which was, I'm wondering if you could get any information about the percentage of people on high deductible plan G or high deductible plan F for that matter, who actually meet that deductible. And I've had this since November 25th, which I think was Thanksgiving or real close to it. And Steve, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to surrender. I have to give up that quest. I could not. I've been searching, and my uh, I've been searching my fingers to the bone, and I cannot find anything that's readily available on the internet uh, that meets the criteria for that. And then I started looking for a kind of a related subject for on behalf of Steve, just to see what percentage of people um, that uh, enroll in high deductible plans versus regular plans. And I couldn't even find that. And I know that's out there because I've found it before. What is the percentage of people that decide to go with the high deductible plans? Among my clientele, that's going to be 95%. I only have a small number of people that pay more to get the regular plan G. And I have a vast number of people that pay much, much less to get the high deductible plan G because I explain to them the risk mitigation the amount of risk that they have is very limited, and it is um, uh, minimized. Every year, your risk gets smaller because the rates go up faster and more for the regular plan G than they do for the high deductible plan. So once people understand that, they say, oh, I'd be stupid not to get the the high deductible plan, and that's what happens. But I can't even find that on the Internet, how many people are enrolling for the various Medicare supplement plans. So I failed to Steve, and I'm sorry. And then he goes on to say, I just heard your podcast with your friend with the shoulder problems. Problems? Ha! <laughs> it's, you know, like rectum, hell, damn near killed him. That guy has, uh, uh, he just... <laughs> I asked him how he was doing the other day, and he sent me his x-ray of his new shoulder. And, boy, it looks scary. It's like a skeleton at, at Halloween where one shoulder, one set of shoulder bones is bright and because they're made out of titanium or something like that. And, boy, but he says he's getting his uh, bandages off for good, or his sling. I guess he can. he's allowed to go without the sling starting someday this week. He goes to uh, 
physical therapy three times a week and they make him do very painful things he says it's not a fun experience but his um his uh, use of his shoulder is i mean everything's ahead of him it's all optimistic and all going to get better and better so roy is doing very well and, and then the other guy who uh, people may be wondering about randy had a not not our beloved randy carson but a different randy has had uh, he's back home from having a three-way bypass and he is um, also doing well but he told me that there are a couple of weird things um when he said when you have to cough you have to prepare ahead of time if you have to cough uh, he said, since they, they crack your sternum open, he said, they give you a heart shaped pillow. And when you have to cut now, Randy Carson is nodding his head knowingly, Randy, uh, how would you have knowledge of this, uh, cough procedure? Well, my, my father had quadruple bypass surgery. And when they, this is probably what you're referring to that in order to get where they need to get, they split your sternum open like a turkey. Ooh, and ooh. and then they they get in they do whatever they're going to do and then they wire that sucker back together with some bailing wire yeah and in order to and this pillow technique that he is talking about they teach you in the hospital to when you're going to cough you, you grab that pillow and you hug it to your chest as hard yeah. as you can hug it because if you don't your brain will explode. Oh boy. Well, that's kind of the way uh, my buddy Randy explained it. He said, if I don't hug that pillow, bad things will happen. So anyway, uh, did I finish with Steve's uh, shoulder comments? I was interested in shoulder problems because I developed one. Well, Steve and I are simpatico because when we were talking about Roy and his shoulder problems, I never had a shoulder problem in my life until Roy started yakking about it years ago. And now I've got one shoulder that kills me. When I sleep on it, it causes me pain. And when I get up, it's painful for a few minutes afterwards. And so I I might be uh, headed down the same road as Roy. But then I I branched off into Randy and his uh, hugging the pillow technique for coughing. So, boy, you hate to think about that. They wire that sternum together, but it's still not good enough for a while. It's uh, theoretically healing and getting stronger, I suppose. Uh, so then Steve goes on to say, I had pain in my shoulder for several months, and they couldn't lift my arm all the way above my head. This is sounding like what Roy went through for a long time. Cause I went over to his house and, and hung some uh, ceiling fans. He has a new addition outside, a new outside patio that's covered up. And so I had to climb the ladder and hang his ceiling fans cause he could not lift his arm above his head. I went to see an orthopedic surgeon who did MRIs and I got the impression he wasn't quite sure what it was. He did say that it wasn't frozen shoulder and that he thought surgery wouldn't be needed. That's what Steve's doctor, uh, his opinion was. He sent me to physical therapy and said to see him in three months. So I'll take it from there. Well, Steve might be another shoulder surgery candidate, but it'll be interesting because Roy had two different kinds of surgery, probably 12 years apart. Uh, the most recent one was a shoulder replacement. And the one prior to that was a um, rotator cuff surgery. And ironically, the rotator cuff surgery was the roughest one to recover from. So that is something. Oh, this is the same message where uh, Steve asked if Randy just drinks Guinness or does he try other beers? And that's where we got into the left hand, uh, Myra Schneider, uh, whatever it was. I know it wasn't. Well, it's a uh, left hand milk stout. 
Yes, there you go. <laughs> so we've, we've beaten that subject to death several times. <laughs> I've got a newer client. He hasn't been my client very long, uh, but his name is Byron, which is confusing to me since my middle name is B-R-Y-A-N. And uh, so I always want to call him Brian. But so then he said during one, of, he's a, apparently a loyal podcast listener. And he said, um, uh, here's an article. He said, um, the I heard you mention the New York Times, and I wondered if you found this uh, a news item about the New York Times. And so I had to tell him, look, you know, I'm not a real fan of the New York Times. I don't know what Byron's politics are, but I don't go into politics with my clientele because when they contact me, whether their client, their politics are and anathema to me or not, uh, they contact me because they want help with Medicare, and I help them with Medicare, and I do not make politics one of the the uh, uh, reasons uh, why we get along or not. I just stay away from that. So I don't know whether Byron's politics are aligned with mine or not, but I'm not a big New York Times fan. But here is a thing where I think the New York Times probably took it in the shorts and they shouldn't have. And so Byron sent this to me. The headline is New York Times defends controversial. And, you know, they're known for their uh, their very difficult uh, uh, crossword puzzles. Randy, I'm sure you know that. Well, this uh, Sunday crossword puzzle, uh, when you opened it up and uh, started to do it, got your pencil, you licked the lead in your pencil and get ready to do that crossword puzzle. This one was uh, the design of a swastika. <laughs> and Holy boy, if, shit. Oh, excuse my <laughs> French. <laughs> if there's a place what, you don't, what you don't want to be waving... <laughs> If there's a place you don't want to be waving a swastika around, it is what Jesse Jackson referred to as Jaime Town. I don't know why those people vote for Democrats when the Democrats have nothing but uh, contempt for them. But the uh, Jews in New York, I, I guess, just went all berserk about this. And the uh, article is, here's, I'm going to hold it up. I don't know if you can see the swastika oh, yes, shape. I can. Yes, I can. And the uh, uncompleted. New York Times work crossword puzzle on a particular Sunday looked like a swastika because of all the black squares uh, angled at 45 degree angle. It looked like a swastika. So the um, New York Times has defended the design of a crossword after many Twitter users compared it to a swastika. The crossword appeared in Sunday's edition. I don't know what Sunday it was. Sunday's edition of America's Paper of Record, yeah, you know, maybe for you, not for me, and drew particular attention as it was published on the first night of Hanukkah. <laughs> Bad timing. Oh, okay, come on. Now, that, that that can't be a coincidence, Doug. That's, that is, yes, I'm sure that's the New York Times trying to piss off most of their clientele, most of their readers. A host of prominent Jewish and non-Jewish figures have voiced their outrage and it caused quite a stir on social media. New York City Council members uh, da, 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 uh, tweeted a hidden Happy Hanukkah message in today's Sun or New York Times crossword. Uh, another councilwoman shared her colleague's post, voicing outrage, tweeting, seriously, New York Times. And Donald Trump Jr., son of the former president, wrote, disgusting, only the New York Times would get Hanukkah going with this in the uh, crossword puzzle. Meanwhile, a group representing Zionist students and academics at the city university of New York, um, 
They wrote today's crossword puzzle from the New York Times for Hanukkah pretty much sums up the New York Times for the past few years in regard to Jews and Israel. The crossword appeared on the same day that the New York Times published an opinion piece warning against Israel's new government. Prime Minister-designate uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who I think is a fantastic guy, the Israelis are lucky to have him, uh, hit out at the publication on Sunday writing after burying the Holocaust for years on its back pages and demonizing Israel for decades on its front pages, the New York Times now shamefully calls for undermining Israel's elected incoming government. When a similar crossword was slammed in 2017 for its sim- for a similarity to the swastika, the company tweeted, yes, hi, it's not a swastika. <laughs> and they also, honest to God, no one sits down to make a crossword puzzle and says, hey, you know what would look cool? A swastika. In response to this latest crossword controversy, a spokesperson for the New York Times told the whatever JC, I don't know where this article came from. This is a common crossword design. Many open grids in crosswords have a similar spiral pattern because of the rules around rotational symmetry and black squares. So anyway, I want to thank Byron for sending it to me. And I got to tell you, in case anybody has any question about my standings, I'm uh, against swastikas and pro-Israel and pro-Jews, wherever they happen to be. Uh, My father was one of the guys that uh, uh, fought his way from Normandy, the beaches of Normandy on June 6th, all the way across Europe. And um, he was one of the first guys to walk into Buchenwald. And I have the photographic evidence of that. So I am firmly against any swastika promotion by the new york times on the other hand i'm not going to slam the times for this they've done plenty of things that irritate the heck out of me over the years so uh including lying about my favorite president uh president bush no not president bush president trump and uh i'm just not gonna slam them for this there's plenty of other horrible stuff they've done over the years so let me whip through the other items on the script that uh, we had planned for this episode. Personal finance, up to 254,000 Medicare beneficiaries are getting new ID cards due to a data breach at a subcontractor. Here are the key points of this article. The 254,000 beneficiaries, they call you that because they think you're on welfare. I call you Medicare participants. Anyway, those people whose personal information may have been compromised should receive a letter from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The uh, uh, That's uh, the government department full of people that are too dumb to figure out how to spell their own acronym. It should be C-M-M-S. They spell it C-M-S. They're going to get a letter about the data breach. Those impacted will be issued new Medicare cards with new ID numbers. Free credit monitoring services are also available to beneficiaries who are affected. So just because somebody spilled the beans and you're going to get a new number, we got to pay for credit monitoring services for you? I don't know. That's taxpayer money uh, being scattered around that I don't particularly agree with. Up to 254,000 Medicare beneficiaries' personal information may have been compromised in an online ransomware attack at a government subcontractor. Letters are being sent, blah, 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 blah. The safeguarding and security of beneficiary information is of the utmost importance. Uh, CMS 
that should be CMMS, Administrator Chiquita Brooks-Lashur. That's a lot of syllables for one, babe. We continue to assess the impact of the breach involving the subcontractor. And uh, so it goes on and on and on. They were alerted the day after the attack on October 18th. Wow, that was a long time ago. I just found out about it. In the first half of 2022, more than 53 million individuals in the U.S. were affected by data compromises. In 2021, the three most affected industries were healthcare, financial services, and manufacturing. So that's just, uh, you know, stand by your mailbox and wait for your new card if you're one of that 254,000. In a first, mRNA vaccine is effective against melanoma. Now, that's uh, some good news for somebody who spent as much time in the sun when they were a kid as me. The experimental skin cancer vaccine from Moderna combined with Merrick's Keytruda cut the risk of death or recurrence by 44%, the company said on Tuesday. Uh, For the first time, messenger RNA technology, that's what mRNA stands for, the advance that undergirds the most commonly used coronavirus vaccines, has been shown effective against a deadly form of skin cancer when used in conjunction with a second cancer drug, according to preliminary study results released on Tuesday. I don't know what Tuesday it was. The experimental cancer vaccine from Moderna that uses mRNA combined with Merck's cancer immunotherapy drug, uh, Pembrolizumab, uh, marketed as uh, Keytruda, performed well in mid-stage testing in patients battling melanoma, the two companies announced. So that's excellent news. Love to hear about that. And finally, the last item on our script today is uh, haven't seen your doctor in a few years. You may need to find a new one. This was uh, an article published on November 3rd of this year. When Claudia Siegel got a stomach bug earlier this year, she reached out to her primary care doctor to prescribe something to relieve her diarrhea. Ah, TMI, TMI, Claudia. The Philadelphia resident was not surprised when she received an online message informing her that because she hadn't visited her doctor in more than three years, she was no longer a patient. And since he wasn't accepting new patients, she would have to find a new primary care physician. Now, primary care physician, that's a code word for the fact that she has a managed care plan. If she's on Medicare, then she's got a Medicare Advantage plan that is either an HMO or a PPO. Uh, that uh, she has to have a primary care physician that's the gatekeeper for all treatment contemplated or performed on her behalf. So people who uh, have a uh, uh, Medicare Medicare supplement plan that don't have networks don't have to have a primary care physician if they don't want to. So she went on to say, I think it's unconscionable noting that many patients have stayed away from the doctor's office the past few years because of the COVID panic. There was no notification to patients that they're on the verge of losing their doctor. Though it is dismaying to learn that you've been dropped from a physician's practice because a few years have passed since your last visit, the approach isn't uncommon. Exactly how widespread the experience is, no one can say, but specialists also do this. The argument for dropping an occasional patient makes sense, since many primary care doctors have a waiting list of prospective patients. Removing those they rarely see opens up patient slots and improves access for others. 
More, uh, most primary care practices are incredibly busy, in part due to pent-up demand due to COVID, um, said a doctor. And he's a general internist at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. You know, when these hospitals merge, they their names get longer. Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Even though continuity of care is important, if the patient hasn't been in and we don't know if they're going to come in, it's hard to leave space for them, he said. Patients often move away or find a different doctor when their insurance changes without notifying the practice, experts say. In addition, physicians may seek to classify people they haven't seen in a long time as new patients since their medical, family, and social history may require a time-consuming update after a lengthy break. Patient status is one element that determines how much doctors get paid. Still, the transition can be trying for patients. I can completely understand the patient's perspective, says Courtney Jones, a senior director of case management somewhere or other. To believe you have a medical team that you've trusted previously to help you make decisions, and now you have to find another trusted team. Siegel, the original uh, point of this article, Siegel said she rarely went to see the doctor, adhering to her physician father's counsel that people shouldn't go unless they're sick. Although she hadn't been to her doctor's office in person recently, Siegel said that she had corresponded with the the, uh, practice's staff, including keeping them up to date on her COVID vaccination status. After receiving online dismissal through the patient portal for the Jefferson Health System, Siegel called the Family Medicine Practice's patient line directly. They told her three years was the practice, the, the protocol, and they had to follow it. I asked, what about the patient, Siegel said. They didn't have an answer for that. It was a month before Siegel, who has coverage under Medicare's transitional fee-for-service program, traditional, oh, excuse me, Medicare's traditional fee-for-service program. Well, that means she does not have managed care, at least if she's uh, being uh, following Medicare, then uh, it doesn't mention a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medicare supplement here. Maybe Medicare is all she has, and she should not have any uh, restriction. Anyway, uh, it was a month before Siegel um, could see a doctor who was accepting new patients. By that time, her stomach virus symptoms had resolved themselves. Jefferson Health doesn't have a policy that patients lose their doctor if they're not seen regularly, according to a statement. This bothers me because I've been trapped in Arizona for a long time, and uh, I'm worried about my doctors turning their backs on me, uh, especially my, my colonoscopy doctor. I keep hearing from the guy. I don't know if he likes me a lot or or if he just wants me to come in and it's overdue uh, time for a colonoscopy, but I, uh, I don't want to fall off of his books because I don't know anybody else that does that job. Uh, the one time I had a colonoscopy from him, that was pretty cool because basically they said, uh, here, we're giving you some drugs to make you relax. And my eyeballs, uh, my eyelids slammed shut and I woke up later on the thing was all over. And, uh, the worst part of the whole process was the preparation. So I like that guy. He did a good job. He didn't find anything bad. So that's good. And I am uh, hoping that he doesn't throw me out of his practice. So I don't need to read the rest of this article. The whole point is stay in touch with your physician because otherwise they may turn to other people just like a uh, uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's uh, tired of waiting around for you to show up. Okay, I see that uh, the ladies in the neighborhood are gathering to go to lunch. So 
Uh, rather than wave goodbye, I'm going to pretend like you and I are continuing this podcast, even though it should come to an end. Randy, would you do that? Do the honors for us? Yes, I certainly will. I have thoroughly enjoyed this particular podcast because I just love all the details about different aspects of this business. Um, ultimately, we have, as Doug said, we have used up our time. Our fuel is gone. The steam is now absolutely no longer available in the boiler. So we need to land the plane. And But before we do that, we talked a little bit about this, but I'm going to just touch on a couple different things. Doug loves getting mail, so don't disappoint him, please. We're, we're coming in on the holidays, and he's he's anxiously standing by his mailbox every day like a kid looking for his new decoder ring. It's And you can reach him at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That is dbj at mlmmailbag.com. You can check out the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. And oh, by the way, he mentioned his new paperback. It's available, the 2023 version, and it's in a bright orange. It's very pretty. And you can get the audios, the Kindles, and but actually, as more not more important, but equally as important, try to find some place to give us a rating of five stars. Again, we're coming into the uh, you know what do they used to call that the rate ratings the, uh, sweeps the the rating wars. Yes, we we were in the midst of the rating wars coming into the end of the year, so we'd very much appreciate your support there. But you have just spent, as you probably have remembered. 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, now residing in the high mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. Bye-bye. <laughs>